Hello, 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 everyone. This is Hannah Cavanaugh speaking, and welcome to yet another fantabulous episode of T43. We are back, Mother Truckers, and with two brand new guests. Huzzah! Anyway, so the first guest that I'll be introducing is, um, turned out to be a really good friend of mine. Just met her this year. We're in Quidditch together. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's, the, she's the chaser. I'm the beater. It's a lit life. Um, econ major, I would love to give a warm welcome to Amanda Zoo. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Nice. Yeah. All right. And so the second guest that I'm going to be introducing was actually a, my former peer mentor during my freshman year. Um, she's a public policy major, probably one of the lettest people I know. Just I'll, I'll works hard, but parties hard. Please, yeah, I'd like to give oh, a wow. welcome to Nicole Horn. How you doing? It's an honor to be here, Hannah. I'm doing great. I love seeing you blossom. Aww. <laughs> All right, so you ready to taste some s- seemingly spicy tea? Very. It okay. cleared my sinuses great. Okay. Just that one whiff. Just from one, one sniff. sniff. Get a good whiff. Okay, Ooh. so the tea that we're going to be trying today is um, a steep tea golden milk. So I'm just going to read the description in the back. Um, category is herbal blend. Um, it supports the, it's, it, in terms of supports, it's anti-inflammatory, supports brain function, blood circulation, and stress relief. The ingredients are organic turmeric, organic ginger, organic peppercorns, and organic coconut flakes. Wow, that sounds healthy. I know, I'm super stoked. And I would love to give a warm shout out to my mom. She's Aww. got me this tea from Oregon. And oh I just love to thank you so much for making this episode happen. You're the bee's knees. Oh, she's and the best. You have a great mom. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> All right, ready to try this bad boy? I am very so excited. Ready. I'm okay. a little under the weather, so if this doesn't get me healthy oh, no. by tomorrow, <laughs> it's fake. Return oh, it. It's fake. Yes. Okay, so the high expectations no if you guys at home you guys cannot see this because this is a podcast as we all remember this is a gorgeous like orange color perfect for fall even though it was 90 degrees today that was disgusting honestly <laughs> having, i was not a fan no taking public transit in this weather should be illegal mm-hmm. that's a good noise Nicole's right. It's a really beautiful golden color. Hopefully it's as golden and shiny as my future. No, it has so. a little <laughs> bit of a, a citrusy kind of vibe now Ooh, that it's yeah. been brewed. It smells okay. like basil. A little bit, a right? little bit. Oh, yeah, that smells really nice. Okay. Or maybe that that's just good. coconut. It smells ah. like Thai food. It smells like ginger. Not too bad. Oh, not too bad. Tea. There's, um... I'm getting some funky stuff, but in a good way. Like it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of flavor to it. So, what would you, what would you guys say to the listeners about the taste, the smell, the feel of it, the look? I feel like I just got back from a trip to India. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just like scaled down a waterfall, <laughs> and I'm having um, tea with a tiger right now. It's nice. ve- it's very delicious. The color, it just makes me feel like I'm ready for fall right now. I want to hold it in my hands while I'm wearing a very thick turtleneck sweater, you know? Yes. I'm sitting on the couch. <laughs> nice. Honestly, it smells like Thai food. Mm-hmm. Don't really know where that came from. <laughs> um, but it looks like apple cider. And the combination of those two things, like, together at the same time yeah. really freaks me out. But it tastes a lot better than what those two taste like in my head together. Okay. So. <laughs> you know what? Like, you know when you get one of those, like, shots from Juice Press that are, like, $8? Mm-hmm. And oh, you do a shot of it and you yeah. know that thing tastes terrible, but you know you're going to feel good tomorrow? That's mm-hmm. how I feel. Yes. Drinking this. <laughs> 
but it's so, better than like one of those turmeric shots because those make me want to throw up on yeah. site. Oh my god, no, that's that's super accurate. Um, so what would you tell the tea makers, Estite Tea? What would you tell the company Estite Tea today about this tea? I'd say thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think it's golden milk. Yeah. Um, maybe not the best name, but <laughs> it's good. It's good. So, no, the name milk is kind of like yeah. ooh, like. Yeah. So thank you next. Um. Or just thank you. Just thank you. Just thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, there's like the viewers at home. I'm gonna describe the bag. It's very pretty. It's just a nice black bag. Yeah. Very aesthetic. It's like yeah. super like minimalist. Like honestly, mm-hmm. I bought four of them from Urban Outfitters for thirty six dollars. And that was on sale. On sale. And that's the tea. And that's the tea on tea. Yes. So now that we've sipped the tea, we're going to be spilling the deets on you know, feminism and embracing femininity. So we're going to be talking about um, how we see like certain impacts that the patriarchy has had on our lives, like where we see that, as well as how we've grown to embrace our womanhood over time. Mm -hmm. So the very first question that I have for both of you is that, you know, when you were, when you were younger, do you remember like how you viewed yourself as a female? Did you see yourself as such? And if so, like, I don't know. What were your what were your um, experiences with that? Did, was there times where you were it was brought to your attention like quite prominently or? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is Nicole speaking. Um, I was bombarded with images of femininity from such a young age. Mm-hmm. My mom was always into motorcycles and she was an EMT. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. But my grandmother was like that main influence of feminine energy mm-hmm. on my life. I loved watching her in the morning because she nice. lived she lived only like 15 minutes away. So I spent a lot of mornings with her and she'd put her hair in the rollers and she'd mm-hmm. wear Chanel lipstick with the lip liner. Ooh, and I always wow. just thought that's what beauty is because that's what always what I was exposed to and we loved watching like E Red Carpet and Joan Rivers like oh, that yes. was something we did together did yeah. you and so, kind of rebel against that is um, that where like the line was drawn um no but it definitely gave me a very one dimensional view of what beauty is mm. and um growing up like I always thought it was beautiful until I was bombarded of images of Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton and when my body type started to deviate from that that's the first time I realized that when I don't look like the models I'm seeing on America's Next Top Model or on mm. or if I don't look like Jennifer Aniston on the red carpet with Brad Pitt like I started to feel that's the first time I was kind of like drawn away from it where beauty was so pure when it was me and my grandmother and she putting my hair up and I thought she looked like Sandy from Greece so right. I was saying I want my hair to look like Sandy from Greece but it took the media for me that image to change. I don't know if you have a similar story, Amanda, to yeah. that. Um, I don't know. I feel like for um, like for a while it was kind of just like I am who I am. Um, I grew up with like a lot of male cousins, and like the closest one in age to me like was male. So like we did like karate together. Um, like we took swimming lessons together, and I never really like kind of understood what femininity was because right. um, like growing up like in elementary school a lot of my friends were boys and that was more of just like a coincidence so I don't think I really noticed like my femininity until like I started having crushes on boys and I was just like that's where like the line is and that's like weird and I guess like I don't know that's no I have a a similar story to that like when I was when I was younger for some reason I gravitated more towards masculine things like I loved suit I loved superheroes I had a bunch of action figures um, a lot of times I'd wear like button down shirts and ties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, but the thing is, I think I started to realize like what femininity or what conventional femininity according to the male gaze ugh, really <laughs> was. <laughs> 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 I 
men are trash. Disgusting. They don't deserve rights. <laughs> I'm a she woman man hater. Get that on a t-shirt. Oh my god. Oh, but and anyways. Oh yeah. That's like a civility. So right, like femme pink um like shirt. Man hater like literally get tapped tattooed on the inside of my lip. But anyways. <laughs> God, um, no, I think that's when I first became aware of what femininity was for most people because a lot of people were think I were a boy rather because people would just say, Oh, David, people would say to my mom, Oh, you have such a cute little boy, and my mom's like, Oh, you know, that's my daughter. They're like, Oh, um, so that's when I first became aware. I'm like, Oh, I guess that's not what conventional femininity is. Sorry, your daughter doesn't wear cool suits like my daughter, yeah, (laughs) you wish, yes, um, but I was. Do you feel like there is a, some outside of, even outside of the appearance-based thing, do you feel like there was some level of toxicity in terms of other aspects of how femininity was viewed, at least when we were younger? Um, absolutely. Okay. Um, for me, I played sports growing up, and that okay. was kind of a big dichotomy between yeah. when I was off the field, I was very into being pretty and doing makeup, but when I was mm. on the field, I was competitive. Right. And I felt a lot of competition with other females in my school. I went to a very big lacrosse school. We ended up oh, winning states one wow. year. Lovely, but okay. only four people that played the offensive position could be on the field at a time. So mm. it was I was in competition with other girls, and sometimes that just didn't sit right with me because I thought competition was supposed to be a thing that that guys felt so I didn't know if Mm -hmm. this was like an appropriate feeling for me to feel Mm -hmm. I was doing like a more traditionally masculine activity even though I was playing women's lacrosse but at the same time I was feeling like a conflict between is this how a girl Mm -hmm. should be acting I obviously wasn't going around trashing people but like as soon as sixth grade when a team and b team came out i started putting myself in competition Mm -hmm. and that ugly thought pattern develops when you're in middle school yeah oh i'm better than her i i deserve this more than her Mm -hmm. and it was like still like coming to this day that's still something i grapple with putting this imaginary competition on women but yeah yeah once you start growing up and kind of seeing how women are put it pitted against each other and, yeah and it's frustrating i don't know if sure. that deviates from yeah. the original question you were asking no, but I, i've sounds, seen different yeah. different patterns growing up around how people mm-hmm. view femininity and how women should act mm-hmm. for sure yeah i think it's a really big thing like especially in like elementary and middle school like you were saying mm-hmm. um when i like growing up up until like maybe fifth or sixth grade like I was the tallest girl in school. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I have not grown since fifth grade. I've been, a, like, I'm 5'3 now. just went to the doctor. Okay. But, um, I, I, I was, anyway. like, five feet up until fifth grade. Like, I grew so fast. Wow. And um, that always put me in a weird position because I was taller than all the boys and I was taller than all the girls. And I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I was just like, okay, some of these boys are taller and I'm going to go play with them mm. because I don't want to accidentally right. kick a girl. Oh my gosh. Right. Um, and then I think in fifth grade, we had to do like the whole ballroom dancing thing. I don't know if you guys had I've to do that. To do they that. didn't do this oh, stuff on the farm school I went to on Long Island. Hell no, we yeah. did square dancing. We did do square dancing. That okay. was a gym unit. Oh my ballroom gosh. Ballroom dancing was its own separate thing. We had 45 minutes a week. Wow, um, interesting. And it ended with like a performance. Right. Um, but it was really weird because there were more girls than boys in my class. Right. So they would pair me with, like, the second tallest girl, and I was like, this isn't what I think it should be like. And, uh, you know, like, I was, like, nine. You know, so I was like, this is weird. I don't like this. I want to be dancing with a boy. Right. Um, and I think, like, that kind of influenced, like, the way that I saw myself, you know, Interesting. because I was taller, so I was just like, I will be the lead. And that didn't sit well with me at nine years old. 
Fair. It goes That's against everything you're taught mm-hmm. of growing yeah, up yeah. That, um, that women should be submissive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because other people are projecting like that image that you're tall, you should be X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That's unfair because that's not how you truly identified. Mm-hmm. And you're nine yeah. years old. How yeah, should yeah. you know the difference between I got pressured the to other? be on like the girls' basketball team. And I was like, no, I want to be a cheerleader. Oh and my then, gosh. And then eventually they were like, okay, fine. But then like that was also kind of weird because it's like, why yeah. do I want to be a cheerleader so badly? I don't really like this, but I don't want to play on the basketball team and I want to get out of class. Interesting. Oh my gosh, yeah. I wanted to be a cheerleader too, but as soon as they told me I was too tall to be on top of the no. pyramid, I quit. Oh. I was in third grade and I was so stubborn that I quit cheerleading and then I joined the most athletic sport there was mm-hmm. for women at my school, which was which was lacrosse. Mm-hmm. I we did a complete 180, but That's so cool. Why yeah. was I in why was I when I was 8 years old wanting to be a cheerleader so bad? Like mm-hmm. what what taught me that that, yeah, that was a good exactly. thing for me to be, you know? Mhm. No, interesting. It's um, it's one of those things I've kind of slowly grown to because I have a lot of, I wasn't really exposed to what feminism truly was until high school because well, middle school I went to well actually before high school I just went to a bunch of like religious private schools okay. mm-hmm. where that stuff wasn't really promoted or encouraged yeah. or taught and a lot of times women were pitted against each other and I found mm-hmm. that a lot of times I didn't really get on with a lot of the women mm-hmm. like that or a lot of the girls at the time because we were all like little yeah. a lot of women. you're not like <laughs> other girls no mm-hmm. <laughs> no yeah exactly i'd have the mentality of like oh i'm not like them like i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more different, masculine. i'm yeah. different yeah. yeah or there's that level of competition where we would there's that like that level of one-upsmanship mm-hmm. of course um, definitely but i didn't re- i feel like what taught me i feel like fe- i was really truly exposed to feminine yeah, feminism sorry in high mm-hmm. school when I had a bunch of like friends that happened to be feminists and they were like, no, it's actually about gender equality. Yeah. And it's like, and then I had a bunch of friends and I was like, oh God, like women aren't like, finally, I'm not a pitted, pitted against these people for mm-hmm. once. Like I can actually, we could coexist and be a sisterhood. Um, it's a very prevalent thing, but I just find it crazy how patriarchal that is. But even with media mm-hmm. too, I notice it, that it's very much tailored to the male gaze i was just about to finish that sentence yes (laughs) yeah and also like based on my personal experience i alluded to it earlier i went to high school in the middle of nowhere which is completely a stark contrast compared to where you went to high school in manhattan with Mm -hmm. people that were into the arts and people that were in more creative domains i didn't really have the space to express my own opinions on gender because there was no space for that yeah in the middle of suburbia in uh, my high school was 97 percent white so there wasn't much difference of opinion growing up Mm -hmm. so moving to the city it was night and day so you said you were exposed in high school i don't think i was truly exposed to the the breadth of feminism and all of its subsets and i didn't know what the word intersectionality meant until like Mm -hmm. my first Mm -hmm. women and gender studies class so it might be i know you went to high school in the bronx yeah yeah. so it might have been different for Mm -hmm. you even based on a borough divide um i'm not entirely i don't know about like the borough divide because all of the kids from my high school like grew up on the upper west side like for the most part it was really weird like chasms of like differences of opinion um between like the Upper West Side Jews who like are like very liberal but then like the idea of like liberalism like was so different between like the people of color who grew up in the outer boroughs and like the very insular like everyone grew up in the same community on the Upper West Side you know okay. kind of a, um I don't really know like how to explain it so without like really going deep. So it was more that than gender? Um, yeah definitely. Okay, okay um, interesting. Yeah that's mm-hmm. interesting. Oof. No yeah um I Hmm. I, I it's funny I often wonder to myself like if any of those negative 
sexist the systematic stuff that's been implemented mm-hmm. since we were really young i wonder if that view affects how i view things today but i was wondering how what your guys thoughts on that like do you feel like that affects how you view things today honestly yes, from the yeah. way that i i was raised by parents who were very accepting mm-hmm. but sometimes you get negative views because you you hear so much negative yeah like i was always so tough on myself like as soon as i started going through puberty i was like am i fat oh my god is that girl fat am i fat like because i was never never big before and i I started dealing with these new problems that i didn't think were things that i could possibly experience Mm -hmm. it was an interesting divide as you you get older you start changing you're like am is being fat bad is being ugly bad is having acne bad yeah i started to like project my own insecurities on other people and i went through such a mean girl phase and i wasn't really about saying it i wasn't popular in high school who did i have to tell these mean things i thought about everybody (laughs) but how fucked up is that that i didn't think someone was worthy because they had a pizza face i have a pizza face right now and i'm 21 years old like (laughs) like, it's unfair that it's been face since i was 12 oh my gosh it's been embedded in me since i was uh, since i I was really young that being mm-hmm. a certain way is what is valued by society yeah, yeah and totally. it's it's weird being challenged with that view it's cognitive bias i mm-hmm. mean it's tough for me to um see something that i don't see as conventional beauty and then i hear all these opposing voices saying she's promoting obesity if she's someone that's overweight Ooh, or yeah, her teeth yeah. are messed up if she has a gap tooth when in reality what is beauty and it's really in the eye of the beholder and yeah. every sort of influence of society and us telling is different is just a way to divide women further and that's yeah. really fucked up and it's a way that we make money in our capitalist patriarchal society yeah, yeah. I, hate, I hate that yeah um i think like not as much today like now that i'm a lot more conscious of it but like mm-hmm. i grew up like really just comparing myself to other women Me physically too. yes um, oh, you know absolutely. and like not like necessarily like spiting them but being like oh okay you know i can't like necessarily be friends with this person because you know they're so much like taller and they're so much mm-hmm. more beautiful um yeah. and i hate her for it oh um, right but then you know it's like as i've grown more conscious of like that's not like that's a really toxic way of thinking and Mm -hmm. that's not what we should be basing our opinions on others of for sure of others on but you know yeah that was like really frustrating i think for a while um because yeah yeah. definitely i felt i felt the same way because i actually i i don't tell a lot of people this i I guess I am now. People are telling the internet. Um, I I used to model when I was a kid. I would model mm. like from eleven to thirteen years old heavily, um, in like catalogs and stuff. And um, I think I don't know. At the time, I didn't think too much of it, but I, I do think it affects how I view things because there was a time where I was you know develop I was developing and I was getting bustier and curvier and you know they wanted they wanted someone that was slimmer but someone that was a lot taller mm-hmm. and i really yearned to be that but i just couldn't because jeans yeah. are you know because it's you're in, 10 years old i yeah. know and so you can't control like, your body yeah exactly so pretty much once i started to get curvier and to start to like develop more i noticed like the jobs dried up and that's when i started to compare myself to what was considered eventually attractive at the time which was like thinner taller models that are maybe mm-hmm. like 510 yeah and then yeah so it got to the point where i would yearn for that um but i think another thing that made me that had a big impact on me and that made me feel self-conscious was you know, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but I always felt like I needed a guy's validation to mm-hmm. feel worthy. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. Like, don't get me started. Especially because I've never been in a relationship before. And there's a point where, you know, a lot of 
girls that I knew had boyfriends Mm -hmm. and it made me feel very self-conscious it's like well am I worthy enough for a guy's attention Mm -hmm. like am I worthy enough to get that kind of love but it's like really I don't really need that kind of love you know it's not it's nice but it's not like I need that to be worthy in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. yeah intimacy intimacy is so much more than than sex yeah it's having a friend hold you when you're sad yes like like you don't need intimacy from a romantic partner because mm-hmm. if you have the right people in your life, they will give you that sort of care yes. that you feel like you're supposed to expect from mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I, I mean, for if you're attracted to women, non-binary people, like when you, you want that affection from the person or the type of person you're attracted to, mm-hmm. it feels like kind of tough when that's not coming, but it's yeah. it's a different type of love that you can get and you can foster from other relationships yeah. in your life. Mm-hmm. But you don't realize that until no. until you get to a certain age where you realize that that is what's important. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, um, it's it. Yeah, it's it. I I think about it more. I mean, I didn't realize how toxic it was at the time, but. And it's it's one of those things. It I mean, then again, that's further perpetuated by men. It's like, oh, you need a man's validation mm-hmm. to get. You need that stamp of approval. Yeah. Um. And I just think that's so. No, it's it's really really bad. Um. But I also I just to segue on a wee bit. I I notice it with dating, but also in terms of other aspects of dating, I notice double standards as well. And I was wondering if you've noticed that. In general, or in general with guys, like if you've noticed the double standards um, that are out there. One double standard that I really, really take a okay. beef with. Um, this is really short, very strange. Um, All good. With the way that like women are expected to dress up when they go out, but yes. then a man can go out in like cargo shorts yes. and a t-shirt, <laughs> and that's okay, and that's appropriate, but I need to wear heels that I don't, but that's not the point. You know, um, I have a lot of issues with that. No, I don't I don't blame you. That's That's accurate yeah <laughs> no the one double standard i've seen is i'm funny and a lot of times men don't laugh at my jokes whereas i can mm-hmm. captivate a room of people people strangers sometimes yeah. and a man will not give me not give me a laugh i'll yeah. be in my zone i'll be bantering and i pride myself off of having good banter no you're funny. but as soon as a guy has to explain the joke back to me oh. it really really turns yeah. me off and yeah. um it's just tough because like as you date new people banter is like the one thing that i won't i won't um i won't settle for someone who can't like mm-hmm. keep no, up with sure. me yeah. That's and important. Yeah. um if it intimidates you sorry i i'm self-assured sorry if you can't if you're insecure in that about yourself mm-hmm. yes. don't feel threatened <laughs> <laughs> i i notice it specifically with manners and etiquette mm-hmm. like guys can be so like i feel like guys have the wiggle room to be douchey and people will say, oh, that's just him. That's confidence. Just him. That's just him being yeah. a confidence. Yeah. yeah, that's his charm. Or, that's his charm. Or that's just him being him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I notice if I do a similar, if I do, if I pull off a stunt that's similar, right? People <laughs> think, oh, she's such a bitch. Or, oh, she's being, she's being, um, you know, too overconfident or mm-hmm. too loud or obnoxious. To, yeah. Like, she needs to be submissive. That, that's something I definitely notice. But I guess one question I... I'd like to ask you guys, because I'm, I'm totally clueless, like how, and I guess it's not something that can be answered in one episode, but how can you, how do you deconstruct all of that? How do you take all that apart and make it so that there's equality there? I feel like it starts with a lot of self-awareness mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like recognizing um, like toxic 
like thoughts that you might have and like toxic thought patterns and you know mm -hmm. actively trying to like fix the way that you think right um like without you know dimming your own sparkle yes um, i think it's important that like you understand when like things that you're saying aren't necessarily like constructive towards like i don't know um like advancing yourself or advancing other people mm -hmm. yeah don't talk to yourself in a way that you wouldn't speak to other people Okay. It all comes, um, like, fake it till you make it is yes. true to, to a so fault. True. Yeah. Just don't be mean to yourself. If you beat yourself up in, someone, in your side, your own head, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't speak like that to someone else, that's not a positive thought. You mm -hmm. can think it. You can choose to be sad for a second, or you can just yeah. choose to throw it away. So mm -hmm. if you feel yourself manifesting these bad thoughts, you got to just throw them away. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Um, that's always something. That's always um, something I ask myself, because... You know, there's we live in a world that all a lot of the stuff is systematic, like, and it's brilliantly crafted because it works. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it works, it and sells. I and I wonder it sells, yeah. And I oftentimes I ask myself like, how do I, how can I deconstruct this in a way that, because there's the whole misconception about feminism, which is like, oh, we're at the picket line mm -hmm. with protest signs yeah. and we're screaming and we're being very like overbearing and you know obnoxious, but. I mean, I not I don't think that's true, obviously. But how do you re how can we reconstruct it for others or, or deconstruct it for others in a way that doesn't come off as obnoxious or overbearing or because there's always that fear of like oh. So my first thought is, why should we have to not be obnoxious? Yeah, I, that's yeah, true. Yeah, but like mm -hmm. I know I see where you're coming from in terms of how do we make this palatable in yes. terms of. And it's tough because the media is going to glorify the types of people it glorifies. It's yeah. going to put the people on the front cover of the mm -hmm. magazines that can sell. Why would New York Times put someone on the cover that isn't going to generate them news and mm -hmm. make sure that they have a, a issue going out the next day? Yeah. It's tough, totally. but we just got to keep doing what we're doing. We got to keep, women need to keep supporting women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need to keep, women need to keep representing women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we got to show, because if we can't be, positive towards each other how can we effectuate change on any higher level mm -hmm. i think that's yeah. it's a tough situation because it's been this way for all of human history mm -hmm. but there's been great progress especially in the past 10 years with the the me too movement yeah. and yes, the, that was huge the fight for um equal pay in the workplace i mm -hmm. think women right now in new york city actually make more than men yeah so um, wow okay mm -hmm. Should be equal, yeah. but that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you see it one way. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever seen the tweet that's like, um, another day, another 77 cents? Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. I do love that tweet. Oh, it's amazing. Um, you got to send that to me yeah. later. Um, yeah, I... Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's the main thing that I had, that I struggled with was, you know, I, I, did, I did struggle with calling myself a, a feminist for a while in high school because, you know, at first I thought, oh, it's... Because uh, there's a whole uh, there's a whole other misconception, which is that mm -hmm. feminism is anti-men, yeah. apparently. And at first, I'm like, I guess, well, I'm not anti-men, so I guess I'm not a feminist. But then mm -hmm. the more I learned about it, I was like, oh, I guess I guess I am a feminist. I guess most people are. But yeah. when did you, like, do you feel like you take, do you feel like you'd label yourselves as such, like, as feminists? Or how did you grow to embrace that term if you've embraced it? 
Yeah, growing up in a conservative town, if you call yourself a feminist, you kind of get a weird look at you. Like, how dare you think that women should have more rights than men? But it's mostly a problem of people being uneducated on what a feminist actually means. Yes. And if I can do my part in hear me out and then say something mean that's fine mm-hmm. i um i think i was comfortable in the term closer to like my senior year of high school right because mm-hmm. i was interested in my senior thesis when i was in high school was on like gender identity mm-hmm. so i thought it was important to kind of prevail this message that we should all be feminists and if people mm-hmm. aren't listening that's that's their that's their loss because people believing that women and men deserve equal rights is pretty universal at this point mm-hmm. from especially in our new york bubble so it's yeah. dif- difficult to see people not seeing it like that but it is a question of are people aware of what feminism actually means and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what it entails because everyone's like that fourth wave feminism that's not not true you don't mm-hmm. see um like there are people that are radical but the majority of us just want equality for yes. men and women because it's yeah. been so lopsided for so much of history Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think going to high school where I did and having um, like not only such a liberal student body, but like a liberal administration and mm-hmm. like with my teachers, um, it was always kind of assumed that like if you were a woman or just like if you went to this school, you did lean pretty left and like you were right. by um, like by your attendance, like a feminist, unless you said otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then like everyone kind of shunned you after that. Yeah. Um, like, one girl came in like a MAGA hat and like nobody talked to her for like a week. Wow. Um, yeah. 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 Um, that's that's another story. But oofed. Yeah, like, that's that's yeah. rough. Oh my god. I think um, kind of um, like coming of age in a mm-hmm. place where like everyone understood that women and men should have equal rights de- has definitely like affected the way that I think and um, kind of maybe might made me naive um, to the rest of the world because yeah. um, you know it's like being around so many people who like shared the same ideas. Um, for so long and then you know going out into the world and you know realizing not everybody has these views um, yeah. has always been like kind of interesting um, for sure no yeah I think that's that's definitely tough um but I, I it's funny I, I was reminded because you, you mentioned meet the hashtag me too movement very briefly Nicole yeah. and I remember um it just reminded me senior year because I went to a performing arts high school for drama um, and when that Me Too stuff came out, I was quite, I was quite shocked, but it was also in a way it was almost, it was a revelation, but one I needed to have because mm-hmm. I didn't realize not that there was, there was a couple instances of Me Too in my high school, but just even in terms of how the faculty would talk to female students, stuff mm-hmm. like that, by yeah. when that Me Too movement came to light, it definitely like woke me the hell up. Um, in terms of teachers being like, oh, hi, darling. Or Mm -hmm. like there was one teacher that kissed me on the forehead after Mm -hmm. I did a great job at a show. And I was at first I thought, oh, it's because that teacher likes me, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like because he sees me as like like a good student or whatever. And I look back and I'm like, oh, that's pretty messed up. Mm -hmm. And do you think like the rest of the faculty were like walking on eggshells after that happened, like being more conscious? Um, it's hard. It's hard to say because, hmm, I think... I think, yeah, but it's hard to say in terms of the long term because mm-hmm. that was so fresh when, I don't know, I because I, I, that was my senior year when it happened and it yeah. was so fresh even when I left. So I'm not sure like the impact that it made long term, but um, no, that definitely, that once that was brought up, I was like, holy shoot. It was as if I had like a, a eureka moment of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw this tweet that said, um, the tough thing about the Me Too movement is that um, by the time that women are old enough to understand like what 
trauma is and that they actually went through trauma no one cares anymore mm. because it was so long ago and like that made me feel so sick because yeah. like you experience gendered language from such a young age For and sure. you have no idea how that psychologically affects you being yeah. spoken to in a, in yeah. a certain way yeah even if you don't realize that it, it has those effects mm-hmm. yeah i mean do you feel like you've had and if it's too much of a touchy subject we don't need to get into Not it but do you feel it. like you've had mm-hmm. like instances of that in terms of gendered language and how it notes submissiveness in terms of oh darling hun that sort of thing especially from a boss or a teacher or higher up oh my gosh i've had male bosses for as long as i can remember oh okay um Mm -hmm. yeah even like in in the school in the school place Mm -hmm. like i was very um on top of my um academics yeah and Mm -hmm. i found a lot of solace in my uh my female teachers i feel like the male teachers um like, if I was interested in science, I felt kind of more dismissed oh. by those mm, teachers. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was, like, completely, like, conscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I felt more comfortable in my um, in my English class mm-hmm. and uh, my history class because I had female professors that really liked to sit down with me after class and, mm-hmm. and flesh their ideas. I don't know if that was just something that happened on purpose or was mm-hmm. a result of where I was. Uh, but I felt more more confident there, and I was always coached by men in sports as well. Oh, okay. Um, and I, it was never never too serious when it came to the sports. I think it was more more in the classroom where I felt more comfortable with my female teachers than my men teachers. I feel like my female teachers felt more comfortable in opening mm-hmm. up and um, talking with me more in depth about like what my future goals were. Whereas with a male yeah. teacher, maybe just in general, that's kind of weird staying after school and speaking with a, mm-hmm. a male teacher in general. Yeah, and that's yeah. why it didn't happen. Yeah. But I did feel like a slight discouragement because I didn't feel like that closeness with uh, the science department as I did with the English department at my high school. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess kind of on that note, yeah. um, where I went to high school, we had the same, um, like, my Spanish teacher was also, like, my track coach and my cross-country coach. Oh, okay. Um, which was fine. And, like, um, by the time um, well, we had had a different one, but then, like, he retired. So then, mm-hmm. like, my sophomore year, um, like, my Spanish teacher was just like, ha-ha, like, I'm cross-country coach now, which yeah. is fine. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she, like, she has no clue what she's doing, and, like, we have no clue what we're doing. So, like, we, we all kind of, like, moved through everything together. But there was one incident where... Um, it was like 90 degrees outside. It felt like this yes. um, in May, AF. and like we had all taken our shirts off, and mm-hmm. like we were wearing sports bras, like to stretch inside our. Um, like we have a little garden outside the front of our school, mm-hmm. and like three different teachers were like, "You can't do this. Put your shirts back on." And you know, but the guys can run without their shirts. Yeah, and, 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 and like that's completely fine, you know. But like as soon as a girl takes off her shirt when she's still wearing a full coverage sports bra, that's incorrect because like. The, um, a bunch of the teachers were having a meeting and they could see us and it's like close the blinds yeah like this doesn't have to be an issue no and not like at our, all. like I told my coach and like she was not receptive and she mm-hmm. was like I understand what you're saying but there's nothing I can do because like you know men will be men and that's an uh, excuse yeah, for some that's reason. Awful. Yeah, um, and they yeah. think because you're a teenager that that is a valid excuse. Because yeah. like, why do they owe you a better res- mm-hmm. excuse than this is just how it is? Yeah, and yeah. you'll you'll see it one day because mm-hmm. you're not smart enough to understand the truth as yeah. a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's an interesting point. Even with the clothing, I don't. When I was in high school, because here's the thing, I never really wore crop tops till senior year of high school because mm-hmm. I was like, I think part of me was deathly afraid of them because of the association with it at the time like Mm -hmm. when people would wear crop tops in high school it's like oh she's a whore Uh, so i was just 
And then I internalized that, which was really effed up. So I thought, oh, if I wear a crop top, people are going to perceive me as such. So let me not wear a crop top, mm-hmm. which is why I always wore like baggier stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I always thought, oh, if I wore some, something tight or something that at least showed, like, a little sliver of my mm-hmm. stomach, it's like, oh, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. Um, but it sucks that it's perpetuated. And like you said, guys go shirtless all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. That's crazy. On the street. And that's okay. Yes. You know? On the street. <laughs> what if I objectify them? <laughs> Is that going to hurt yeah. them? They'd be flattered. <laughs> they would be like flattered. if you said it to their faces, you know, they'd follow you around, and that's where the double because standard Nicole, is. Because Nicole, men can't yeah. be whores; they're mm-hmm. just players. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How could I that's forget? That's just another oh notch. Gosh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm gonna be so stupid. You're just, you're just complimenting them. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, Chad, you're just there. I got it. God, I have a really funny story. I'll cut this out. I promise. There was. God, I was scarred for life. I was like 10 years old. There's like this 50 something year old, like wrinkly, pruny man. Like he's been in the sunbed for too long. And all he is wearing is a neon green thong. Oh, where were you? I was in Dumbo. Kill me. In Brooklyn Ah. Bridge Park. That was before it was gentrified. I know. I was flabbergasted. I'm like, I cannot, un- I can't unsee this. No, you're traumatized. But go to Astro Levy Gym. That's what you see there every day. <laughs> oh, no. There's oh, some no. dude, um, I was on the elliptical one time, yeah. and he got on the elliptical next to me, mm-hmm. and he's like, you sound a little sniffly. I have some stuff I can help you out for that. And I just Ooh. ran out of there. Like, why? Even if you were trying to sell, sell me allergy I medication Alicia. out of Absolutely the Astro Levy, don't speak to me. If you are a man, don't speak to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, period. Do I look approachable? Does this face look approachable? I'm on the elliptical. Also, yeah. funny, like, oddly enough, I do feel uncomfortable in gyms because it's majority men. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, are people looking at me? Yeah. Are men, like, being weird? Yeah. Gawking? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like, yeah. maybe my form is just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they're trying to correct me, but they don't want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I'm sweating, yeah. that should just be key. Don't speak mm-hmm. to me. Yes. But then people are going to stare anyways. That's why I go to the river to run because at least there if someone's staring at me it's only for like three seconds and then it's over and i don't have to see to them the ever again to the riv oh, we the like riv. to call the east river the riv i wasn't going to try to make that a thing on the podcast but yeah sometimes i run on the riv yeah we should go to the riv <laughs> let's go to the riv yes um oh <laughs> uh, yeah this this also this conversation also reminds me of the very first episode of cheaper three shout out to claudia and adia where we talked about gender and sexuality mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I wondered, because there's the whole movement to kind of make everything gender neutral and to not impose gender onto, onto you know, children or, you know, mm-hmm. toddlers or whatever. But do you feel like by doing that, we're in a way that do you feel like that's a form of deconstructing that whole like the patriarchal systematic stuff that's been put in place? I think it's a step. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a great step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any other thoughts. Yeah, I just think yeah. it's I think it's important to give kids a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I growing up I was exposed to masculine things because of yeah. my mom and more feminine yeah. things because of my grandma mm-hmm. and I kind of picked a combination of both. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. being a female stuck with me through and through. Yeah. And growing up you can see what kind of gendered things your child gravitates towards, yeah. but I think it's awesome to let mm-hmm. them to let them decide and not 
make things too imposing. Make your baby nursery green. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or yellow. Or yellow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'd like to mention that my favorite color growing up was blue. Oh, um, my yes. parents let me paint my room blue. My room was blue, my too. Room was blue. My room uh, was blue and green. Oh, my God. Was oh, that the patriarchy telling us <laughs> to paint our rooms blue? <laughs> and I had a blue Razor scooter. Oh, so. sick. Mine was pink. Oh, yeah. See? <laughs> like, this is your fault. Uh, <laughs> I'm the patriarchy. Yeah. Oh my God. It's more common than you think. Um, I went to, funny enough, I went to the hardware store, mm-hmm. and even like cleaning products are gendered. You know, yeah. the, you know the scrub daddies? Mm-hmm. They have a scrub mommy. No. And then Why? they have like yellow gloves, but then like pink glittery gloves mm-hmm. for women that want to cl- that love to clean. Yeah. I <laughs> like, would look so. All hot. women are supposed oh to love gosh. to clean. I know. So. <laughs> but like honestly, me and pink sparkly gloves. It's kind it. of a serve. Yeah. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. serve, but like. But does like, it have yeah. to be gendered? Does like, it have to be a freaking gloves? Dollar uh, twenty five more just for some glitter. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could never wear that ugly yellow. It would bring out all the ugly undertones that's in my so, skin. That's another good point. No, a lot mm. of the women's products are a lot more expensive. The yeah. deodorant. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's literally seen... a pink tax. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, have you seen the thing where like that 15 year old boy is like trying to sell his man candles? Um, <laughs> what are man candles? <laughs> he um. It sounds kind of yeah. weird. It, it's actually like like what he's doing is actually kind of nice. Um, because he's like taking like old soup cans. Um, and, well he's like buying new soup cans, donating the soup to like a homeless shelter, and using these ca- um. These that doesn't cans. sound legal. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how this works. It's also like in the middle of nowhere. Um, and he's like selling like these candles that he's making. They're called like mandals, I think. Maybe That's I'm wrong. So funny. Um, so with with like masculine scents. Ex- so you're saying that having my house smell like a delicious vanilla cookie feminine. is feminine? Yes. <laughs> is feminine? Mm-hmm. But, but then what's a manly scent like musk? Yeah. I tend to go for like leathery musk kind of candles anyway. So yeah, I'm like, I, I like buy a mandal. I know. I know. I know. That sounds like. Oh god, that sounds like manhandle. <laughs> oh, like, no. oh, he mandled me. Oh, <laughs> ew, ew, that's one of the most disgusting combination yeah. of words I've ever heard. Mandle. He oh like, my god. mandled me, and it was very. Yeah. Odd. That sounds like it's a <laughs> level one misdemeanor. <laughs> yeah. But you know when, like, when somebody's trying to get by you and they'll like put their hands yeah. on you, they they will not do that to another man. Of course no. not. You know, just like excuse me. You know, versus excuse me. Oh, that's never happened to me. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, I guess your bro's ass isn't as nice as mine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I wanted to go back to the body thing for a hot sec. Go for it. The thing that popped into my mind, it's it's this glorified term. Dad bod. Mm. Dad bod. Don't even get me started. The thing is, there's no equivalent for that for a woman. Mm. Like, if a woman had a similar physique, they'd think, oh, she's just, like, overweight. Mm -hmm. Moms aren't sexy. Have you heard the news? But then there... (laughs) I love. Then there is also the milf thing, but they yeah. have to be like they have to have giant. Breasts. Breasts. But then they have to be mm-hmm. like insanely. Attractive. But they don't look like like dad bods. They they have to look like twenty year old women. Yeah. Twenty year old. Like, what women. a twenty year old woman supposed to look like? It's just. But. I feel like the whole how we're supposed mm-hmm. to. I feel like how, in terms of the media portraying portraying how we're supposed to be, yeah. it's such a weird conundrum because you have like twenty five year olds playing teenagers so you mm-hmm. think, Oh, I'm not developed enough and I have like a pizza face and this is just really weird. But then mm-hmm. you also have like forty year olds playing, you know, grandmas and then you're like, I guess I'm supposed to look this young and it's just so mm-hmm. confusing. Mm-hmm. It's like what do you want? Yeah, and don't yeah. even get me started on Instagram. Yeah. You see, oh. um there's this controversy going around because there was a TikTok star 
um, Danielle Cohen. Of course, and you it know came it. out that she was lying about her age. She said she was 15, and she dresses provocatively on the internet. Oh. She did like testing sexy Halloween costumes oh. for my boyfriend. It came out she's actually 13, oh. and like imagine like being 13 years old or being you're 15 you're like wow like this girl like she is making millions of dollars off of like selling her body at such a young age why it i don't have a body like that Mm -hmm. i'm just a Mm -hmm. 13 year old girl in like my mom's basement like how can i achieve what i see on instagram Mm -hmm. that's so unfair like i grew up with so much societal Mm -hmm. pressure just because i watched a lot of tv and read magazines yeah but imagine being like 12 or 13 today going through puberty being Mm -hmm. like why don't i look like what I see on the computer when that's all Facetune. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Yeah. I think it's, it seems like it's, in some ways it's easier for, I think in some ways it's easier for younger generations in terms of, they're trying to promote like the inclusivity in the modeling industry, which Mm -hmm. is cool. At the same time though, it is, it is harder. I feel like social media just acts as a magnifying glass for Mm -hmm. insecurities, you know? Absolutely. No, and you're not in everybody's business if we didn't have social media like this. Like, I wouldn't care about so many people I went to high school with if I didn't feel obligated to follow them on Instagram. And it's all, like, a highlight reel, too, which, like, nobody really ever talks about. Yeah, it's It's a curated Mm -hmm. collection of images. And it's, like, the tenth picture that was taken, you know? It's never the first, you know? (laughs) No, it's, Mm -hmm. um... And it's, it's, it's rough for sure. But I guess, what, like, what would you tell... What would you tell younger girls about how to tackle, like our patriarchal society in terms of media in terms of like what would you what would you what advice would you impart i honestly think that like confidence comes with being happy with yourself yeah Mm -hmm. you kind of have to do what makes you feel good and feel happy Mm -hmm. it's so tough when i look back at like younger me and how bad she tried to fit in Mm -hmm. i remember i tried convincing my parents to let me to quit band which was like the thing I loved most about school because mm. it would be too nerdy to be in the marching band. Mm. Like, I wish I could have just shut out the opinions of other people and just focused on the things that made me happy and lived to please myself mm-hmm. sure. instead of others. Yeah. And, of course, it's attached to the patriarchy because there's a certain way that things ought to be. Yes. But because I'm a little outside of that on X, Y, and Z things that were aspects of my personality doesn't make me lesser. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to separate that now in such an interconnected world where... Yeah everything looks perfect mm-hmm. on our smartphones that we all spend eight hours a day on yeah. and i spend eight hours a day on yeah um, <laughs> it's yeah you kind of just have to do what makes you feel happy and mm-hmm. you might not know that at first you're 15 mm-hmm. years old you don't know what things learn light a spark inside of you but yeah. you, you find them and it's important to not deny yourself that mm-hmm. that truth mm-hmm. yeah. i'd also like to mention um you know it's like you will grow into your body. Yeah, oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's like, I was fat growing up. Um, like, I still think that, like, I, I don't know if this is baby fat still. Like, maybe it's yeah. just, like, adult fat. And, like, that's completely okay. You look um, totally fine, Amanda. You're yeah. you're slaying over here. Yeah. You're slaying. And then, um, I guess, like, on that note, um, what you meant, like, I didn't get a chance to mention this before, like, the, like, reclamation of the word thick has been kind of good. Oh, in, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, like, promoting, like, that women's bodies don't have to look all the same and that, yes. like, women's, women come in different shapes and sizes and that's completely okay. Um, I think that that's really important. And yeah, that I, is important. Yeah. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good point. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah that's, that's mm-hmm. a really good point. Big butts are cool now. Yeah. Get yeah. used to it. <laughs> Shout out to like some of those jeans brands that are coming out with like curvy sizes now. Oh, that's cool. Because um, then it's like no more like waist gapping in the back. I don't really understand how it works. Yeah. Really nice. I, these cool. jeans are literally waist gapping on me right now but i'm not a celebrity i can't afford to get every mm-hmm. single five dollar pair of shorts i get from the thrift store tailored like yeah, yeah. i do what i can because i'm a broke mm-hmm. college student mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i don't look like that in the magazine but i didn't know that when i was 15 because i didn't have a personal tailor making mm-hmm. all my clothes fit my body perfectly yeah, yeah. fair um mm-hmm. not i think for i would i would say like similar things to what you guys said like in terms of growing into yourself and you know, and or also in terms of like feeling confident in yourself, because when I was younger, um, I hated my hair mm. so much. Well, because a lot of and this goes back to the whole own oh, having to have the male stamp of approval, of course, mm-hmm. yeah, and which is or being appealing to the male gaze, which is super effed up. But yeah. a lot of times, you know, I would see a lot of the girls that had boyfriends and they always had poker straight hair, mm. and that's when I was, and that's when I kept contemplating like I should straighten my hair and. Yeah. And then my mom had to kind of talk me off the ledge a couple of times and say, hey, listen, like, don't, because you're going to ruin your hair and you're going to regret it. Like, do mm-hmm. not straighten it. Wow. And now I, now I really appreciate, now, now I love my hair because it's a defining characteristic and I mm-hmm. don't feel like myself when, when my hair is like gelled back or, mm-hmm. you know. So I guess, I don't know, a lot of the things that you end up being insecure about, you end up growing to love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, it, I, it, you brought up another point about being, a, speaking of broke college student life. Or just, like, you know, being fiscal money-wise or whatever. Do you feel like... I feel like in and of itself, like, it's important to acknowledge the sense of privilege that comes with talking about feminism. Because I feel like... I thought about it, and I feel like... I don't know, a lot of people that are not in the best socioeconomic status, like, may not be able to afford to think that way. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of the critiques, like, I remember when the first Women's March happened, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. one of my really good friends from high school was a conservative man. He said, why do women need a Women's March when there's women in Somalia being persecuted? Mm. And it's like, yeah, that is, like, such a stark thing. I'm never going to think about the women in Somalia that are dying of the the civil war that's Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. over there. So it is huge privilege. And that's why it's important that we do speak about it. Yes. Because if we don't like, I'm a white woman, I have so much privilege. Why Mm -hmm. would I sit around saying that things ought to be the way they are when I know so many people that are my friends are suffering at the hands of what society deems is correct yes and it is as you said it's so expensive to maintain like a feminine look Mm -hmm. eyebrows hair nails yes it's so tough um like i had a thing for work the other day and my nails were chipped and i was like oh i have to spend all of this time taking the nail polish off my nails or they won't think i'm professional because i have Mm -hmm. a chip in my nails Mm -hmm. like i'm so lucky that that that, that's Mm -hmm. my problem yeah but women all across the spectrum need to be advocated for because we all deal with different problems just regardless of race gender i mean not gender race socioeconomic status um yeah where you grew up what yeah. the culture was like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i just i thought about like saudi arabia and how they just allowed women to drive yeah last crazy year. Mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. and i thought and i think to myself like i mean it, not to invalidate any of the issues that we're talking about because they're all super valid mm-hmm. and they yeah. make total sense like of course we should be advocating to fix those issues but um, sometimes I do forget that, you know, there's there's women in other parts of the world that may not be as lucky as we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the last the last question I have for you guys is like, 
what would you say your journey's been like in terms of embracing your womanhood? I can I can start because it's it's been difficult Mm -hmm. because growing up in suburbia it was very typical how you see it in the movies Mm -hmm. me and my girlfriends like growing up it was cooler to have guy friends like very typical like patriarchal what you see in the sitcom growing up yeah and also like as the time I hit puberty I had like a lot of skinny white pretty friends and I developed quicker than anybody else like I struggled with eating disorders all throughout my teenage years so I feel like and I speak so comfortably about it now because Mm -hmm. it's been a struggle for such a long time but now that a lot of my friends from growing up are more comfortable speaking about it we had such similar issues and we weren't mm-hmm. empowered maybe it could have been a result of a lot of different factors we weren't empowered to speak about these issues together because we were all ashamed like i i didn't think it was cool the fact that i was so insecure about myself that i had all of these dangerous thought patterns going on and mm-hmm. i am so lucky now that i have the women in my life who I can speak on these issues with. If I feel like I'm stressed out, like I have women that I can embrace, and I'm so lucky mm-hmm. I broke out of the mindset that women need to be in competition with each other. Yeah. Women have to strive to be the prettiest, whatever. And now my goals are to strive to be the best person I can be, to be the best girlfriend mm-hmm. I can be to mm-hmm. my group of friends because I pride myself on being able to tell it like it is. And yeah. if I can make someone feel comfortable with my ability to speak candidly with them. I think that's my biggest contribution as a woman, especially in 2019. I'm so lucky to have the the friends and the support system I do that allow me to be as comfortable as I am speaking yeah. on the, the topic. Yes. Mm. Yes, Nicole. I yeah. have, like, <laughs> we, we love a podcast with a platform. Yes, we do. <laughs> I think like in a similar way, um, a lot of you know my coming to be the way that I um that I am like comes mm-hmm. from like a very like core group of friends that I have um right it's eight other girls and wow. one guy so eight girls. Mm-hmm. yeah um I'm like I'm token straight friend and I'm also like token person of color um, okay. which like makes me toe a very interesting line you know it's like when we talk about privilege like it's always like mm-hmm. really different because um, it's like privilege that you see and privilege that you don't see um, mm-hmm. but I think like being able to you know like talk to them about my problems you know without any fear of like being judged or you know go to different people with different issues um, right. has always been like really great because um, our friend group is diverse in that way you know mm-hmm. not in, like a physical sense but in the way that like, I can you know have one completely normal conversation with one person just about like how my day is going and like be like spilling my guts out in another and that's like completely normal yeah um has always been really great um and I think that that's kind of made me into the woman that I am today that's cool um yeah that's really amazing and special honestly having such a big friend group you're so lucky because you have friends that serve different Mm -hmm. needs yeah Yeah. definitely honestly that's an interesting perspective I Mm -hmm. like um, it's funny for me. I didn't have, a, I didn't really have any friends until high school. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> what is, that's a statement. No, I did not. Really I didn't have any friends, friends until high school period. I did. That's it. No, but, but <laughs> um, I think the main, cause I, I mean, I, I, when I gathered like the sisterhood posse, like junior and senior year of high school, mm-hmm. um, I felt like that taught me what feminine was and further inspired me to embrace my womanhood. But I think the number one person that taught me to embrace my womanhood was, this is my mom. Oh. Um, no, we're, we're super duper close. I feel like I could tell her anything. And I don't know. She always kind of 
she always kind of promoted the concept of, you know, being confident in yourself, not needing a man because, you know, she was raising me as a single mom. Like there was no, there was no man around. So she didn't really need a man to, to, to satisfy anything, Mm -hmm. honestly. But, um, just having her around is like, you know, not only like my mom and like, and I, like someone that I really look up to, but also as like a good friend or a close Mm -hmm. friend. Um, I felt like that really taught me what embracing womanhood was like, but also just, yeah, just kind of, yeah, in general, just embracing what womanhood is. Wow, your mom's a fucking champ. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You guys got to meet her one day. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she'd like, she'd love you guys. I'd love to meet your mom. Yeah. Yeah. And on that. Wait, actually, I do want to say one thing. (laughs) Um, This is Amanda, but you can call me Da because I don't need a man. Ah! My favorite joke. Haven't yes. said it in years, but I, I thought it was that. appropriate. I freaking love that. That's yeah. a, <laughs> what a better way can we go out? Yeah. You made my night. <laughs> and amazing. on that note, thank you so much for being on the show. Of thank course. you, Nicole. Thank you, Amanda. This was amazing. I had so much fun. Honestly, yeah. girl power, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. girl power. All right, so this is Tea for Three, where we sip the tea and spill the deets. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. Night. Bye.